Hi there, everybody, and welcome to episode 16 of the Garage Cast. I am Michael Iani Polarchio, your host. And today we're going to be talking about some learning that I obtained from a recent Apple Education Summit that I attended earlier in the week. I will be talking a little bit about student agency and how it can be implemented or encouraged as part of assessment. And I'm going to be talking about an interesting technology that I've come across that supports diversity, equity, and inclusion. So buckle up and let's get started. Well, what an astounding week this has been, really. It started off on Monday with my getting to attend an Apple Education Summit here just uh, outside of Toronto, just northeast of Toronto, up in the Markham area. And this was an all-day event that I attended with two colleagues, uh, Megan McKellar, who you'll remember from our early episode in the the garage cast right when we got started Megan in our junior school as our curriculum innovation technology coordinator and I got to uh, attend as well with the outstanding junior school head Ms. Emily McLean both of them incredibly innovative and both of them really steeped in the Apple ecosystem skill set mindset. And uh, so Emily had asked me if I wanted to attend this conference a little while back. Uh, and um, I was glad that uh, to get the invite and, and even gladder to be able to go on this past Monday, you know, with how busy things are, sometimes it's easy to prior- uh, deprioritize uh, one's own professional growth and professional development. Um, and so I'm glad I put my phone on silent that day and uh, and went and it was really well done. So thank you to Apple Canada for hosting that event uh, and thank you to all the engaging uh, presenters that they had um, at this event. It was a variety of um, great keynote speaker uh, and then what I found incredibly valuable were uh, schools that uh, presented on various topics and allowed uh, for us to choose various breakout rooms to go in and 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 hear uh, what they had to share. And so that was just a, a great start to the week. The thing that really captivated me was there was a focus on leadership, which is something we have always cultivated here. Uh, at the school for our girls, you know, to encourage students to develop uh, leadership skills, even when you're not in a specific role uh, of leadership. And I think what struck me was one session in particular, and it was about uh, an interdisciplinary project that a group of students had worked on. And what struck me was that through increased student agency, you can get the development of leadership. Students 
see themselves as leaders. We've talked about student agency before here on the Garage Cast. It's an area that I'm keenly, keenly interested in because I know that it drives student engagement. And I've seen that in my own classes that I've taught. And I've always looked at agency for students as a way to drive engagement. Students are more interested when you give them real choice. And I'm not talking about, you know, us deciding, here's three options for you, and then they get to choose out of that. Talking about real student choice and real student involvement in the process of shaping their learning, not just engaging in the learning. And from this particular breakout session at uh, the Apple Education Summit, this new lens of leadership emerged in terms of the student agency. These students were doing an interdisciplinary unit between their English um, teacher and department and one of the social sciences. And what began as an exploration of writing a paper, an essay, with a focus on environmental, an environmental issue, it morphed. And the students decided that they would be writing a real grant application for an environmental issue that they wanted to receive a grant for. So right there, you see agency in the students uh, while working with their teachers in the form of mentorship, as opposed to it being, you know, teacher providing an assignment and then kind of governing that and overseeing that assignment and teaching content. The teachers engaged with the students as mentors or coaches, and the students got to take what was supposed to be an essay and morphed it into something they felt was important and that they were passionate about. It didn't stop there, though. This is the part I found really engaging, and that is that the students were then able to create their own rubric for assessment. Now, I I don't know whether that's happening in our community. I would love to hear from teachers if, if it has. I know that from the courses that I have taught, you know, we create that rubric and we, we step through it uh, as a teaching group and then we provide that to the students. I really was surprised by the students when they were presenting and they shared their rubric of assessment that they had created in partnership with their teachers. And so the learning wasn't just the process they were going through to create this grant application. And the learning was not just the creation of the grant application, which was a fine piece of writing, a unique piece of writing that was being assessed. The rubric itself was an artifact of the learning. It was evidence of the learning. And The students had a joint, you know, they had a vested interest 
now in how they were being assessed. They understood that assessment deeply because they had, in a sense, co-created it with their teachers. And to me, this is astounding. This is innovation. This is disrupting the status quo. This is looking at what education should be moving towards. Of course, it's going to be harder to do. You know, thinking about an entire class, and if you're teaching multiple sections, now you've got a whole host of different rubrics for assessment. It, it really becomes, you know, each thing that you're assessing is being uniquely assessed. And I know that that can be um, time-consuming because now you're, you're having to, as, a, as the educator, understand that rubric uh, and you're applying this rubric that's different from project to project because each of them will bring its own assessment. That being said... I think it is worth that work as an educator because we want to be able to differentiate our assessment and provide this highly personalized approach to learning for our students. I mean, these, these kids, what they produced was outstanding. But more than that, it was just how engaged they were and they used these very words. They felt like leaders. And this is what we really want to be able to do, not just teach students about leadership and help students to, you know, build capacity and skills in the area of leadership. We want the learners to be leaders. Learners at the center and leadership emerging from the role they are playing. It really changes the dynamic between educator and student. As educators, now we're not being seen as the leader in the classroom and the students kind of following along. Now there's a network of leaders sitting in my classroom. We are jointly leading and participating. And to me, this is really exciting. It was probably, you'd think, you know, you're going to an Apple conference and probably the exciting thing will see how technology is being used. And there was plenty of that to consider around uh, uh, um, through the day. But, but the real takeaway for me uh, and the real innovation that I saw was this idea of student agency developing and driving student leadership. And I saw it again later in the day, a wonderful example of a high school out in Manitoba that had created a really innovative school within a school. Um, it was called the Create Program inside, um, I believe the high school was called Sisler. And they had created this amazing uh, program for students um, that wanted to engage in video game development, animation, um, film production, like really, really off the charts stuff. And again, was great to see the tools they're using, the technology and seeing the short films. But the thing that really struck me is that these learners saw themselves as leaders. They understood what they were accountable for beyond just a rubric and an assessment. 
And to me, again, it was a, a really, a, the theme of the day was, I think, you know, student voice and I think leadership, whether it was intentional or not, leadership among students and learners was emerging through the day. And I think, you know, we've talked about this on the Garage Cast before, that in today's day and age, students don't need educators who are simply providing them content and information and sharing knowledge. That's a few questions away when you're sitting down in front of, you know, an artificial intelligence bot can give you knowledge, can give you the steps for solving an equation or for structuring your paper or whatnot. These things are, are quickly becoming commoditized. What an artificial intelligence can't do is teach a student to step into the role of leadership. That's where a great educator steps in. That is what we as educators are able to do because we'll have the time to do that. When we allow technology to become the distribution channel for content, and when we trust our students to step into a shared leadership role within our classrooms. It's really, it's been on my mind for most of the week since the conference. And I've talked to a number of people here at the school. And, you know, this is what happens when you go to a conference, right? You kind of shut away the, the day-to-day stuff on your job. And you're exposed to a bunch of, bunch of things that get you excited, get you looking at things differently. And then you come back and you want to sort of evangelize. <laughs> but to me, you know, when I think back to the IDU week that we had um, last week, which I've talked about in, in last week's podcast, again, we talked about deep work. Well, this week, you know, what I would layer on to that thinking for myself is that we have to give students that opportunity to do deep work and to do that from the position of being a leader, a leader of their learning. And I think this is a really, I'm sure I'll have to ask one of my colleagues, uh, Heather uh, Friesen here, who often talks to me about, from an IB perspective, the International Baccalaureate, there are approaches to learning, skills that we are looking to develop in students. And I'll bet that when I talk to her about this, this is an ATL, one of these approaches to learning. And this is the way we unlock student engagement. This is the way we unlock student innovation. This is the way we create a community of learners within our spaces. And so I'm so grateful to have had that opportunity to be at the Apple Education Summit. There are lots of other things. I've taken pages and pages of notes and some of it will float, float up into future podcasts. But for this week, it has stayed with me um, and I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to have been able to share that with you here on the GarageCast. Diversity, inclusion, and equity are incredibly important in our school. 
and it's incredibly important to me. And I like to find ways to, you know, make sure that my classroom environment is always highly inclusive. And I came across a tool recently that I think is just outstanding. And it is for individuals, whether it be the student or the parent. Um, And it's really, I think, ideal for the parent community um, and those parents where English may be a second language. Because we have a boarding community at Branksome Hall, um, English um, for some parents that are overseas, they may not even have um, English as a second language. And yet, somehow we need to be able to communicate effectively with those families. So the tool I wanted to talk about that I came across and I've been experimenting with is a tool called Talking Points. Uh, The website is uh, talking, T-A-L-K-I-N-G, points, but it's P-T-S dot org. So T-A-L-K-I-N-G, P-T-S dot org. And what Talking Points allows me to do is... You could either do this class by class. Um, In our example, for instance, we could set up a group, uh, which is for boarding, for instance. But let's just use my class as an example. I've not used it with my class because I just came upon this in the last couple of weeks. Um, But let's just hypothetically um, say it's my class and I've been testing it as if it's my class. I put in my own um, contact information in there as if I'm a parent. And what talking point allows me to do is when I have my parents set up in the tool and I look at sort of the administrative dashboard, if I've collected from parents, so you could have, you know, a communication that goes out that that, um, you capture the preferred language that parents would like to get communications from me. So once that's set up, so I have uh, set up my own number in there and I've indicated I would like all correspondence in Italian. Then at any point, I can say I'd like to send out a message. So for instance, let's say I wanted to alert parents to an upcoming field trip. I would simply type that message up like I normally would. So I actually took uh, an email that I had sent to parents earlier in the year about a field trip that we were taking with my grade eight design class. And I put it into talking points and clicked send. And what it does is, for all parents that are in the system where English is their primary language, their selected primary language, they receive that as a message from me, a text message. For anyone who has selected an alternate language, so for me, I had chosen in my uh, test case uh, for myself to receive it in Italian, I instantly get that message sent to my phone in Italian. And the translation was astounding. So if I'd had, let's say out of a class of 20-some people, a mix of languages, let's say there was people that were speaking Mandarin, a family who might be speaking German, all those settings are in the system. As soon as I press send, all families are receiving the message at the same time in the language of their choice. Now, this is the beautiful part. The parent, the message they get is my message that's been translated. And beneath that message, the system puts 
uh, a little message to the parent, again, in their chosen language. And that message tells the parent they can reply in their own language. So in this instance, I replied to myself in Italian. I, I do speak Italian. And when I pressed the send on my phone, through talking points on my computer, as I looked at the dashboard, it told me I received a message. When I went to look at that message, I could see which parent it came from, and I am reading that message in English. And so this, I think, is an astounding example of where technology can be used to really bring an inclusive environment to members of our community that you know, currently everything is being sent to them in English or, you know, school-wide communications, of course, can be translated. So something's coming from our communications department. We write that in English. We come up with a translation and that gets packaged up and sent. But for those in-the-moment communications, a teacher needing to communicate something about a class or let's say our um, director of boarding may have something just in the moment that needs to be communicated. Um, you know, let's say something happens. Let's say there's a weather event in Toronto that is severe enough that it makes the news. And the board, the boarding director on a Saturday wants to be able to send out a message to families saying everything is fine in uh, our location. Uh, students are, you know, in for the day and we're having hot chocolate and playing games the boarding director is able to write that message just as I've said it in English. And when they press send, each and every one of those parents from around the world will be receiving that message in a well-translated text message in their own language. And I think this is an astounding example of where artificial intelligence type services, because it's, this is really built on an AI engine, really, really benefit the community. And so I wanted to share that uh, with you. I encourage you to check that out if you're an educator. I think you could probably find use cases for this for other um, uses, but it really is ge geared towards educators. You could see that the language in the tool is about setting up classes and, and that kind of thing. So it's an astounding tool, um, one that I'm, I'm looking to speak to with a few members in our Branksome community to see how do we bring this into uh, a wider use at the school um, and, and really to the benefit of parents and for students. We might have students who also English is a second language to them who might want to receive these types of communications in the language of their choice. And so I look forward to, to seeing where we're able to use this tool. And I hope that you have found this segment useful and interesting. Well, my dear listeners, that brings us to a close. I want to wish you, for those of you that are in Ontario or a province where a long weekend is coming up, we are um, celebrating Family Day here in Ontario, I want to wish you all a fantastic long weekend. For those of you who might find yourself in a place where there's not a long weekend, I hope that you just have a wonderful weekend. And thank you again for joining me. I look forward to sharing some very interesting topics next week 
going to talk about sustainable development education. And I'm going to be talking about a really interesting AI tool that I have been using that I think teachers will find very interesting. So be sure to join me next week for episode number 17 in the Garage Cast. As for this week, episode 16 is a wrap. And until we are together again next week, keep well, everybody. This is Michael Iani Polarchio of the Garage Cast saying ciao.